Psalm 25. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we come before you this evening and we ask and pray that you would uh, speak to our hearts through this portion of scripture. I pray, Lord, that we would uh, be ready listeners, taking heed to thy word. Father, especially about truths that we know, pray that they would never, Lord, grow cold, that you'd revive all refresh them in our hearts and minds continually, Father. We pray that we'd walk in your ways and that we would not be burdened by your will, but rather be burdened for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 25, in this psalm we see David's desire and determination to seek the Lord and to be led by God. And David is no doubt known as a man that is uh, after the heart of God. Um, his servant, a man after my own heart, God testifies about him. And Paul preaches there in Acts chapter 13 that will fulfill all the will of God. That's somebody that has a heart for God, has a heart to fulfill the will of God. And in verses 4 and 5, David seeks the Lord fervently in prayer with a desire to know the will of God, to be taught the ways of God, and to be led in the truth of God. Have a look in verses 4 and 5, by the way of introduction. He says, Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth, and teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. So first of all, he says, Show me thy ways, O Lord. Had a heart to observe the ways and understand the ways of God. And he understood and discerned the fact that without God, he would never know the will of God. He wanted God to reveal it to him. He sought after it, but yet he wanted God to reveal it to him. And we spoke about this last week, whether or not we have a great desire or determination to seek after God's will. Because this is a heart which God uh, just simply wants us to pursue his heart, his will, his ways. And we need to be determined to go after it and say, Lord, show me, show me. I want to seek after this. And by the way, this is not a foreign teaching in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul teaches this to the Ephesian church. And he says, wherefore be ye not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So this is something that God wants us to seek after. And, uh, and that the Lord will show it or reveal it to us, whether it's in Scripture, the seen will of God or the unseen will of God, using the principles of the Word of God to lead us and guide us in His way. Second of all, it says, teach me thy paths. This is a heart that demonstrates a, heart, a teachable spirit. David had a heart to learn. He wanted to be taught. And uh, the proverb writer simply says that the just man increased in learning. He's not a scorner. Uh, he's not above rebuke or repro- uh, reproof. And it's been said that those best taught who are those that understand their duty and know the good things they should do. So you have a man that's pursuing uh, God, show me. And now he's saying, teach me, show me your will and continue to teach me your ways. And then he says, lead me in thy truth. And by the way, we cannot find truth outside of the word of God. Amen. This is where we start. This is where we finish. Uh, this is uh, the Alpha and the Omega and all in, be- all in between. Amen. 
And, uh, and so he wanted to be led in the truth of God's word. He understood, we know, Psalm 119, it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. He understood that the word of God leads and directs both now and in for the future. <clears throat> and so this has a heart to follow, teachable, wanting to be led, following. And, uh, and so David no doubt knew his place. We spoke about the disposition that someone must have in order for God to lead them. So you can have a, a desire, a determination, uh, you know, to seek after the things of God, which is good. And we ought to have that. Now, as a matter of fact, it's the very, for us to uh, you know, panter after the things of God, that strong desire has to come from God. You know, it is God that worketh in you both to what? Will and to do. And so the desire comes from God, but the doing thereof, the, the power comes from God, but we must simply have a disposition in order for God to have his grace rest upon us. What's that disposition? Verse 9, have a look. Verse 9, we spoke about this last week. I'm not going to labor here too much for the sake of time. We don't have much time. But have a look at verse 9. The meek will he guide in what? Judgment. The humble will be guided by God. It's very clear. It's a promise here. The meek will he guide in judgment. What's that? In his wisdom, in discernment. You want discernment? You want wisdom? Well, God says that he would basically lead those that are humble. Those that are meek. And uh, we, we looked at several principles of the marks of humility. One is to understand that without God, we can do nothing. The other one is without God, we are nothing. Another one is that a mark of humility is that we ought not to think ourselves more highly than we ought. We saw, we look at these. I don't have time to go through them. But this is a disposition that God wants us to have. He wants us to know uh, our frame. Our, he pities us. He knows that we're made by dust. Without, we, without him, we can do nothing. We are. We're nothing. We're zeros before God. You know, it's God that worketh. It's God that gives grace. It's God that gives gifts. It's God that leads us along. We must remain humble in order for the grace of God to rest upon us so he can continue to do the work that he delights to do in us and through us. And so the second one, not only the humble will be guided by God, but look at the second disposition that we must have. The obedient will be humbled by, uh, guided by God. Have a look at verse 10. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth. Unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. It's a wonderful promise given to those that keep God's word. It's a wonderful promise. And uh, God's covenants and testimonies can simply refer to God's word. God's covenant relates to his commandments. In Deuteronomy 29 verse 9. Keep therefore the words of this covenant and do them. That ye may prosper in all that you do. Okay, there's a principle there. And uh, God's testimony relates to bearing witness to the truth. And so all the paths of the Lord, he says, all that God has decreed, all of those things that relate to the will of God, all the paths of the Lord, the, the very things that concern God, the will of God, the paths of the Lord is, is his decrees. Those things that concern him, his will that he set forth, they, they even relate to us. Remember, the things that God had planned, he planned them before the foundation of the work world that we, we may walk. walk in them. They relate to us. These are the ways of the Lord. Uh, God wants us to walk in them. They involve us. His will involves us. 
Uh, he thinks of us. He's mindful of us. He wants to lead us. He's our great shepherd. He's our heavenly father. We must understand that the will of God involves us. It's a part of us. God's thoughts towards us are more than the number in, more in the sand. What's that mean? When we, when we sleep, God is not sleeping. He's not slumbering. He's awake thinking about who? Us. That's part of his glory, by the way. It's God's good pleasure that he gives you the kingdom. Do you believe that? I don't know about you, but I'm a father of seven. And you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more? I believe that. I believe I have a God that is in heaven that loves me. It loves me to bits. You know, that's the very thing that keeps me going. It's the love of Christ that constrains us. So it's the engine of everything that we do because it's a natural reaction where we see the love of God bestowed upon us and the mercy of God, and we just say, Lord, why? Like the psalmist in Psalm 8, I just, then you just, it's a natural reaction just to do all things out of love. There's no sacrifice too little, listen, or too big, even if it involves losing your life. Because you understand, listen to this, that thy loving kindness is better than life. Because he gave life. And without God, you wouldn't have life. And we wouldn't have eternal life. See, God, God's will involves us. It's not separate. It's, it's involving us. This is why we ought to seek God and his will. Because it relates to his people. God wants us to walk in his ways. So look at verse 10. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth. God guides and directs in his two fundamental attributes, mercy and truth. The paths are in mercy and truth because they are a reflection of his character. It's who he is. God is merciful and God is truth. Have a look at verse 8. Good and what? Now you're looking at verse 8. Have a look at verse 8. Good and good and upright is the Lord. Amen? Amen? Good. God is good. He's merciful. He's gracious. He's loving. He's good. You believe God is good? Yes. Well, He's going to direct us in His goodness. This is how God works. This is why we're here. If it wasn't for the goodness of God, none of us will be here. For it's the goodness of God that led us to what? Repentance. Led me to repentance. I saw the goodness of God that day and I forget about it. It led me to salvation. It led me to look up to the cross. The goodness of God gives us an open door to come and receive Christ. Yes, is a God, you know, gift gifted us with an opportunity to trust Christ as His Savior. That's His goodness toward us. Oh, that men will praise the Lord for His goodness <clears throat> and truth. Truth is His another attribute. Good and upright is the Lord. Upright, holy, righteous, good and upright. Is the Lord. Therefore will he teach sinners in the way. Wasn't it at that time. That mercy and truth found you at the point of your salvation. Mercy. Truth. Personified in Christ. Jesus said I am the way. The truth. And demonstrated. The love of God there on the cross. So it's by mercy and truth that God leads. Mercy and truth are the ways of the Lord and are absolutely necessary to live out the Christian life. Without them, we cannot continue to be led by God. 
Lamentation simply says that if it wasn't for the Lord's mercy, would be consumed. Would be finished. Every morning, great is thy faithfulness. Without the faithfulness of God will be done. And he goes on to say that the Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him. To the soul that seeketh him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. Look at verse 10. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto who? Unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. By the way, these are accepted by faith. It's always been by faith. To keep or to obey or to observe the things that God has given to us is always by faith. And we seek him diligently by faith to please him and his rewarder of them that diligently seek him by faith. Abraham obeyed by faith. God says, get thee out. And he went out by faith. Every command, every uh, you know, testimony, every truth, God wants us to step out by faith. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. And so, by the way, this has always been the case. Obeying God and keeping to his word brings us into a close fellowship with God. Without it, we cannot be led. Have a look at Luke, if you will, 11. Luke 11. And look at verse 27. And it came to pass as he spake these things, a certain woman of the company lifted up her voice and said unto him, Blessed is the womb that bare thee and the paps which thou hast sucked. And he said, Yea, rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God and what? Keep it. What a close relationship we can have with God and Jesus Christ because we keep his word. We obey his word. Blessed are they. Have a look at uh, John 15, quickly. John 15. And look at verses 14 to 15. John 15, verses 14 to 15. He says very clearly to his disciples, Yea, ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever I what? Command you. You're my friends. I like what he says in verse 15. Henceforth, I call you not servants... Although we are servants, we never cease to be servants. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul says he's a bond slave. However, there's another you know, um, relationship uh, you know, connected with Christ that we have here. And he, and he simply says, uh, I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what the Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. And so when he trained them up and he revealed the word of God to them is because they walked with him and they obeyed him as Lord, Master. And this is no doubt, you know, a perfect example of Abraham being called the friend of God. Why was he called a friend of God? Because he believed God. How did he believe God? Because God said to Abraham, do this and he did it. 
You see the multiple times that Abraham heard the word of God and based upon the word of God and the promises of God, he obeyed. The Bible says in Romans that he staggered not at the promises of God. When we believe the word of God, when we keep the word of God, uh, he calls us friends. And God will begin to reveal and lead and guide us. What a, what a close, intimate relationship that we have. Do you have an intimate relationship with God because you keep his word? Do you keep his word? Or are you really doing your own thing? Living your own life? Going your own way? Doing your own will? That's the two ways that we either do God's will by keeping his word or we do what we want to do. You want to continue to be led in the way? Keep God's word. Keep the, keep the very things that you know God has revealed to you. Keep it. Read it. Keep it. You know, when you start doing the very things that God has revealed to you in this book, when you start living out the very clear commands, God will begin to direct your steps and lead you along the way. And those things that you are praying for that are not written in this book, job, wife, career, ministry, God will lead you in. You find yourself doing the will of God when you obey the principles of the word of God. God's peace, God's direction, God's spirit, all the things that we have in scripture. When we simply, you know, the simplicity that is in Christ is not complicated. When you look back at your life and how God led you as an infant, you just heard a word and you obeyed it and God blessed you for it. Amen. That's how it is even... After 30 years and 40 years and 50 years in the faith, you continue to do the very things that you know you ought to do. And God will lead you along. It's a beautiful thing. <clears throat> More grace and light is bestowed upon those that keep the word of God. And to keep God's word is to maintain a walk of faith. To walk of faith. God said it. I'm going to step out by faith. Every step, step by step. Every step we take is a step of faith based upon the word of God. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed. From faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. You live by faith, not by sight. You know, wicked and evil generations seeking after a sign. They want to see, see, see. God has given us principles to govern our lives after. And before you know it, the years will pass and God is leading you by his word. And you look back and you say, thank you, Lord, for leading me. Thank you for taking me by your hand and showing me your will and your word. It's a beautiful thing. <clears throat> you know, if we turn to Genesis chapter 18, I, I still have a little time here. I want you to see a glimpse of why Abraham was called the friend of God. And proof. Of his submission to God, we find in this passage. Actually, it's, it's almost like a biography that God writes about Abraham. God is ready to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. He's ready to destroy it. And notice what the Bible says in Genesis 18, verse 16. And the men rose up from thence and looked towards Sodom. And Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. These are the angels of the Lord that met with Abraham. God is ready to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And the Lord said, shall I hide Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? No. Why? Why would God reveal his will to Abraham? Why? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. That's based on the covenant of God. By the way, the promise of God. But notice, 
in verse 19, he says, For I know him. For I know him. That he will command his children and his household after him. And that he shall, what's that word? Keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment. That the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. You know, God knew the integrity of Abraham. God knew the integrity of, the Abra- of Abraham so much so that he, would, he knew that he was even going to teach Isaac the ways of God. How did Isaac know to get all the things ready for the sacrifice? How did he know? The last thing he said to his dad, Dad, where's the sacrifice? How did he know? Because he taught Isaac how to worship God. And God knew that he would teach his children the way of the Lord and how to worship God. And God says, I'm not going to hide from Abraham that which I do. You know, God's will is revealed to those that keep his way. More light is given to those that obey him. Proverbs 11 verse 3, the integrity of the upright shall guide them. Proverbs 20 verse 7, the just man walketh in his integrity. Look at this. And his children are blessed after him. What a blessing. I don't know about you, but I read these, you know, Proverbs and it brings so much comfort. Why? Because they're the wisdom of God and with them lies promises. Promises that if I walk upright, I will be blessed and guided by God. That's a promise. Now, if we are walking in the ways of God, what will happen? Let's just say we're in the will of God. We're walking in the ways of God. What will happen if God reveals something to us that is so clear that he desires for us to do and we are stubborn and will not do it? What will happen at that particular point? God reveals something to us. It's not a trick question. It's not. What will happen if God is revealing something to us? And then we, we just, we just, we know God has put it. He wants us to do something. We're just not doing it. What will take place? We're in the ways of God. We're, we're just. Sorry? Okay, we'll grieve the spirit. What else? As a result, what will happen? If we grieve the spirit of God, what will happen as a result? Okay, we lose joy. What else do we lose? Fellowship. Fellowship. And because of that, we lose guidance. We're not going to be guided anymore, are we? We're not going to know God's will for our lives, are we? We're going to miss it. We, we miss out the presence of God. Go to Jonah chapter 1. <clears throat> Jonah chapter 1. Jonah chapter 1. Look at verse uh, 1. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittiel, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But look at this. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from what? From the presence of the Lord. So he was in the will of God, disobeyed God, went the other direction, away from the presence of the Lord. Now in verse 10, he knew this. Have a look at verse 10. 
Then were the men exceeding afraid and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because what? He had told them. He already told them, listen, the reason why we're in this ship and there's a storm and it's going to you know, simply uh, sink is because of me. What would you do? I ran out of the will of God. I disobeyed the Lord. But thank God for his, listen, mercy Amen. that he prepared a great fish. You know the story. But why wait for the fish? Amen? Why not just simply walk in the ways of God? Why just remove yourself from the presence of the Lord? And thank God for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth everyone in whom he receiveth. Again, why do we desire to be led by God? For what purpose? What's the purpose? One more passage and we're done. Go to Haggai. Go to Haggai. I want you to see this just quickly. Just a couple of book uh, prophets <clears throat> over, and uh, have a look at verses. Look at verse. We'll read verse two. Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, "This people say the time is not come; the time of the Lord's house should be built." Then the word of the Lord. By Haggai the prophet saying, It is time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste. Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. Ye have sown much, and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. Ye clothe, he clothes you, but there is none warm. He have earned wages, and your wages to put into a bag with holes. This is everything that you do now is, is, is in vain while you have left the things of God to attend to your own things. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, verse 7, consider your ways. Look what he says, go up to the mountain, bring wood, build the house, and I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. So why do we want to do the will of God? So God will take pleasure in it, that he may be glorified. Go, get wood, build. You're just occupying with your own affairs. Don't be entangled with the affairs of this life. That was the temple in which God made himself known among the, the, his people. But what's the temple today? I guarantee you it's not this house. We're the temple. We are the people. We are the church. It's not a building. Some people use this to go and build their little buildings. It's not. We are the building. Christians, let me say this to you. Don't neglect the temple that God wants to do in your life. You are a holy people. To go and attend to the affairs of this life, focus on your holiness before God. The truth and the righteousness that God wants to build you up. You are the temple of God. Don't leave the things of what God wants to do in you and through you and for his glory is a wonderful thing. Don't neglect it. Don't neglect it. You're the temple of God. The Spirit of God lives in you. That's, a, that's, a, that's amazing truth. And God wants to build us up in the faith. When I found a seat myself and said, Amen. It's amazing. I'm telling you this. This is a, a solid truth that if, if someone, if like Spurgeon said it, would say Amen to that. 
It's a truth that needs to be lived out. It's a truth that we need not to neglect because God takes pleasure in those that seek after the temple of God, this, this tabernacle, which lies the Holy Spirit of God that wants to work a great work far beyond us. And it's a work of holiness. Listen, brethren, it's a work of love. People will never be known here. The people that watch us out there would know us because of our love for one another. Did you know that? That's how they'll know us. Not for our preaching. God's work is going to work in the hearts of people regardless. God can use a donkey. But God, you know what people want to see today? Not hypocrisy. Not double tongue and tail bearing and backbiting and bickering. That absolutely grieves the spirit of God in the temple which we are. God wants to do a great work. Don't leave off the things of God and what he wants to do in this Temp, this church, you are the church, and God wants to work in us. Can the hand say to the eye, I don't need you? Learn this principle. 1 Corinthians 12, learn it. Don't be independent from the body. You are part of the body. If God has set you in this body, and if God hasn't set you in this body, then you find the body that God will set you in and work in the temple. Don't neglect it. You want to be led? You want God to guide you and lead you? When I got saved, the body of Christ, the work of the temple of what God wanted, people, was one of the greatest priorities in my life. As carnal as my church was. Because I knew it was God's, Jesus Christ's body. Yeah. I don't know about you, but no one in this room, if they really love their, their wife, would be indifferent about their bride. If, you, if I invited you for dinner, and I said, you know, come over for dinner, and you brought your new bride, and I said, bro, I never, I never invited her, take her home. How would you feel? How would you feel? <laughs> How would you feel? Upset. Absolutely. It's me and my bride. Nothing, mate. See you later. That's how God feels about his body. That's how God feels. Every single person here, if you're blood-bought, you have the Spirit of God in you, and God wants his body to be working together, not against each other. Together for his glory. It's the, it, it's the glorious church without spot and blemish he wants to build in that day. You're not, you're not going to... Listen, if you're part of a church and you think you're going to be just stand unashamed working apart from the church and, and, and still hear those words, my good and faithful servant, you're not going to hear them. I guarantee you. There's the, great, there's the greatest word in the scripture used and it's called unity. It's called unity. It's a beautiful word and you see the first early church had Unity in the church, working together, laboring together. The only church that wanted to disrupt the unity in a very vehement way was the church at Corinth. You know, the apostles were never divided. The church was trying to divide them. And Paul, with his wisdom, says it's not happening. Thank God for the household of Chloe that was concerned for the body of Christ. Amen?
If we want to be led as a church, then we must continue to obey the word of God regarding his temple. Regarding one another. This is how all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Fervent love. Love that's without dissimulation. He says, show me. Teach me. Lead me. Teach me. And for us, New Testament believers, it has a lot to do with his body. Working together, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Lord, I'm an individual in this body. Lead me. Show me your ways. Lord, what, do you, what would thou have me to do? What is your will for me here? And do you want to send me forth to preach and start a church? Whatever it is. What is it? Your, what's your will? Show me. Lead me. Guide me. Many of us don't really know what the will of God is in respect of ministry. But if you don't, seek after the Lord. Even if you're just a fingernail, God can use you. Even if you're a prayer warrior, and that's all you can do is pray and seek, the, seek God in prayer. For those that are going out unified, hey, what's the prayer request? I want to know as much as they can, working together. I'm telling you, God will not guide anyone that is opposing his plan and purposes regarding his will. He will not guide them. You mark it down. What's the plan and purposes for us, for this church? Find it out. That's why 1 Corinthians 12 was written. So the body can operate together for the glory of God. And that one day, when he comes, there'll be no spot, no blemish. Lord, lead me in thy truth. Show me your ways. This is a heart that God wants. But what does it have to be mixed with? Meekness and obedience. God will not guide them, those that are proud. God will not guide those that are disobedient. Against, listen, his will. His will. God will guide, guess who? The meek. God will guide the obedient. And there's another uh, character trait here that God will guide. And we can't pick it up now. We have to stop to pray. But it is one of the greatest characteristics. And I can bring it out for you. It's in verse 11. The secret. Have a look at verse 11. Or 12, I believe it is. Of, of verse 25. You want to read that? What does it say, James? You want to know the secret about fearing the Lord? Read Proverbs 4. And then, you'll, then thou shalt know the fear of the Lord. You know what happened with Israel, Isaiah 66? They went through the motions. They did all the sacrificial things that were necessary. But they didn't tremble at the word of God. And may God help us never go through the motions and just do our duty and go from one meeting to another meeting and bundy on and bundy off and do our duty. Even as preachers, even as a teacher, 
that I'll just sit and do what God wants me to do here tonight and then nothing happens the next day and the day after and I'm not praying for any of you. I'm not seeking God in prayer for you. I'm not doing what God has called me to do to go reach souls. It's just stagnant, plateau, nothing. Just, just week in, week out, flat, not moving forward, not knowing nothing, not building up anybody, not, not having a heart or a desire to know you know, what's going on in the life of my uh, brothers and sisters so I can pray for them effectively? Oh, God, help us that we will fear the Lord and what it means to fear God. Meek, obedient, fearing the Lord. Read it today in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 16. Those that are ignorant fools don't fear. They're confident self-confident they don't look well to their goings they just go and just do what they want to do and that's it may God help us not be ignorant fools but rather be in the fear of the Lord all the days of our life knowing what the will of God is and doing it and particularly regarding our part here in the body don't be entangled with the affairs of this life what does God want you to do here how does he want you to function? Focus on what God wants you to do and do it with all thy might, with all thy heart, with meekness, obedience, and in the fear of the Lord. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord God, we come before you, Father, and we thank you for your grace and mercy. Thank you, Father, for the encouragement that you have shown just recently, Lord God, by working in the lives of people people that you have brought in our midst, people that have been lost, people, Lord God, that don't know you, people, Lord God, that are seeking. Lord, thank you so much. I pray that, Father, we would uh, not only embrace these ones and love on them, but we'll continue to seek more people and love on them. Father, we'll be a lighthouse and a salt to this earth. Father, and particularly here while we can right now, while this time, Father, help us to be fervent. Help us not only to seek souls, but help us to serve one another, Father, in love, fervently. Help us to know what the will of God is in our lives as, the body, as in the body of Christ. And Father, I pray that we would be able to minister for bearing one another in love. Father, I just pray that you would continue to order our steps according to your will and that we would, Father, be a people that would be humbled before you, obedient before you, and one that fears God. Father, we know that the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's a good start. And so, Father, help us to fear you. Help us to hate arrogancy in every evil way. In the forward mouth, Father, do I hate. Father, help us to have a healthy, holy fear before you. And I just pray, Lord, that we would not in any way, shape or form neglect your ways, your will concerning your body for your glory. Lord, I pray that as Paul prayed, that we, in love we, would abound, we will abound yet more and more in knowledge, Father, and in discernment, in wisdom. And that we may prove things that are excellent. That, Father, they'd be found to your praise and glory and honor. That they'll be, Father, the fruits of righteousness worked out in our life. Help us, I pray. Guide our steps. Lead us along. Continue to have your way for your glory, for the sake of the gospel, 
In Jesus' name, amen.